Good morning. Welcome on in. DJ and PK on this Wednesday. What a night. What a night of basketball in our community. Utah State in overtime. The Jazz going down. And you've got BYU with a huge, huge win in Kansas. There you go. Hey, but first we want to talk a little college football playoff. A lot's been going on. It's been in the news. You know, they're going to go to three. Or excuse me. They're going to go to three. I don't know where I got three. They're going to go to 12 for two years. And then they're already talking about 14 after that. All sorts of expansion. DJ and I are going to talk about it right now. PK, let us take a moment to talk a little college football. The playoff format has been set. It seems inevitable. You like to d- discuss and debate stuff on the surface. Hmm, five, five plus seven. Five automatic bids, seven at large. That kind of seemed inevitable once we knew the Pac-12 was shattering into, I guess, four, three or four different, four different pieces. Got your Big Ten teams, got your Big 12 teams, got your ACC teams, got a couple teams staying put. You don't have to say the Pac-12 shattered. You could just say my heart. (laughs) Your soul. Ridiculous. 40 years of sports fandom. Ridiculous. All fanning out so they can be in the same league. Number one form of sports fandom, too. Rutgers, Central Florida, and uh, Boston College. It's a perfect fit. I guess I'm just going to have to go back to my roots now and become a Rutgers fan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Into the Big Ten you go. I did have extended family, one who played football there for the Scarlet Knights. Not a kid. Not a kid. Long time ago. But five plus seven. You weren't surprised. I wasn't surprised. I don't think anybody listening to this was surprised. They weren't going to give an automatic bid to the Pac-12. There's two teams there, and they don't know what the league's going to look like, and it's probably going to have Mountain West teams in it. So yeah. they're not giving them anything. I don't like it. No automatic bids. That way we can have six teams from the SEC, six teams from the Big tw- from the. If they Big deserve 10. it, why not? Well, if they deserve it. I think they'd Hence get if it. if they deserve it. I think they'd get it without deserving it. I don't know that. If they deserve to be in, yeah, I think it should be in. Because there's a wide variance. And now we'll have teams that could be undeserving be in there. Do I want a four-loss team in there who wins a conference title game? If they did away with conference title games, I would be more inclined to To go with it. But they won't do away. And I'm glad they don't do it because it gives me something else to watch. (laughs) I think they are doing away with the division. So I think that gets away from these three and four loss teams. You know, you lose three games in conference play and you're able to backdoor your way to a conference title game. Just like the Yanks did. But they didn't have divisions then. And nobody. Yeah, they did. Well, they didn't. They did when they had it six and three. Two years ago? No. Oh, I was thinking five years ago. So they did it twice. Yeah. The most... Not the most recent, but the second the most recent. No, there's, yeah, there's a big tie and they won the tie and. No, uh, that was seven and two. They had a non-league loss. Okay. They had a tie at seven okay. and two. Okay. I think so the what? two. Yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> but I think that the, the teams that in these big leagues, like under this new format, LSU and Penn State are getting in. Sitting on, LSU was sitting on three. They were nine and three, weren't they? I believe so. I think it and one of them teams, was uh, Florida at, State early over Memorial or Labor Day, which was a great game. At twelve teams, there's going to be three lost teams in. 
Yeah, but I want the best teams in. I don't want some guarantee. No. Supposedly, that's that's why Florida State didn't get in. Should they be guaranteed to get in? They're playing a third-string quarterback. Yep, they'd be in. And if you're going to get in and you're not going to be at your best, do we have kids opt out? Because then it becomes a real joke. Man, if kids opt out of the playoff. (laughs) It's going to happen. (laughs) I can't wait for that. You know what's going to happen. I've done my 12. Yeah, well, they end up with injuries. Like Florida State had a bunch of kids opt out, right? And with Jordan the kicked the crap at them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's that situation. They knew they had no chance. Why bother? We're with a third-team quarterback, and we're going to get slaughtered. What's the difference? What would be the difference between just because somebody anointed it a playoff game? That means it's so much better. We've got no chance. I don't see how that's any different between a playoff game yeah, if, and if a bowl 12, game. If 12 thinks five is going to slaughter them. And five can be pretty good under this scenario. I mean, Notre Dame could be undefeated, and they're not going higher than number five. So the 5-12 game could be ugly. The other three might be good. But we'll have to see when we get there. I'm sure some years they will, some years they won't. Yeah. But you're asking a kid to risk it with all these people telling them, don't risk it, don't risk it, don't. <laughs> what do they? You get hurt. What are they going to do for you? They'll, they'll nothing. nothing. Yeah, nothing. So nobody's going to write you the million dollar check. Yeah. So I would rather have it be, and then it adds to controversy too. Have it voted in, and then well, we I, go. See, I think this five seven format is really going to turn into three nine. The Big 12 champ will get in, the ACC champ will get in, the group of five champ will get in, but the large bids, they're not going to the Big 12 and the ACC. They're certainly not going to the group of five, and I don't think they're going to the Big 12 and the ACC. And do we? does a group of five team automatically deserve it? I don't know. Maybe not. Does why, the, why should does, you get something that you didn't earn? Does the fifth place team in the SEC or the Big 10 deserve it? Very well could, especially now with these expanded conferences, yes. And very well could not, but you know they'll get it anyway. I'd rather they have it over some group of five that didn't deserve it. Why? Because I think that there's an opportunity to earn it, not just because, oh, we got we to gotta give you a seat at the table just because so we get the federal people off our backs. No, I want the best teams in, and I don't care where they're from. Yeah, I think the group of five teams have a winning record when they've been whatever they've been allowed they have a winning record. Great. But I we ain't playing faith, the past. We're playing the future. But I have more faith in the group of five teams to be good than I have in the fourth or fifth place team in the yeah, Big Ten Yeah, but you don't know that. But there has never been a conference to this degree anymore. So I'm not going to look back. I'm going to look he- ahead. So now we're bringing in potential powerhouses in Washington and Oregon joining Penn State, obviously Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin has been very, very good. Michigan State, Jonathan Smith. If you're going to look at the past, Jonathan Smith bought Oregon State back from the dead. So certainly he can bring, bring Michigan, Michigan State, State back, back from, from the, the dead. dead. But by the time we get to the playoffs, that fourth or fifth place team is going to be sitting on three or four losses. And, and three or and four of those get losses a, are by one point to nationally ranked teams. And we're going to get to, that's your best case scenario, you can hope for that. And then we're going to get a rematch with a team that's already clobbered them. And we're going to want to see it again? If they deserve it, yes. I can't predict what's going to happen to me if they just deserve it. I have no idea how that game is going to be. So I'm going to get a, a, 
Florida State, which has all sorts of injuries, and I'm going to go watch them get clobbered? It's the same thing. Because they happen to win a watered-down conference? No. Who wants to see that? I don't necessarily want to see that. No. So I'm, I can go, whatever argument you present, I can go right back and present it and throw it right back in your face. And any argument I present, you can go right back and throw it right back in my face. Well, we have to go on what's happened in the past because the future hasn't happened yet. So well, we can that, but guess the future what's is happen unlike the, future. the past. So no, we can't. We cannot. You've never had the Big Ten look like this before. So I disagree a thousand percent. You could Oregon, they put out the thing, you see it on the social media, the number of four st- five-star kids is like 22 and nobody else in the old Pac-12 has more than two or three. They st- it stands to reason they're going to be really good. But now they're going to have to do all this travel and you've got your big two-time zone spiel yep. and they're going to have to do that every game except one or two. And they get in those situations where they've never been before and they lose by a, a field goal late a couple of times and now all of a sudden they're out and I got Boise or whomever is playing nobody and they get in just because I'm supposed to let you in? No, I'd rather see a team that's more deserving. Yeah. See, I think those teams are already in. You're talking about, if you take the group of five spot away, you're talking about letting in a 10th team from the Big Ten or the SEC. If they're deserving, I've got no problem letting they're in all 12. They're not going to be deserving. Come on. Well, then they're not going to get in. Why are they going to get they in? They are going to get in. Well, you don't know that. <laughs> why could if, if that group of five team is so deserving, why couldn't they get the at-large bid? Because they're a group of five team. And so, Paul, and we're going to give him. Feinbaum will sit up there on TV and say nobody wants to see Utah. And he we has already a, know that. And he happen. has a vote. No, he has no vote. He didn't. Absolutely, good they for imp- him. They absolutely impact public perception. That helped get Florida State buried. Florida State fans are furious with Herb Street. They think his his comments swayed the committee. And they're guessing. So I mean, I can't, I can't argue hypothesis. Good for them or bad for them, whatever it might be. If you think, I mean, you thought uh, what's-his-face over in Oklahoma was the be-all, end-all with Ohio, Iowa State. Turns out he was wrong. And so they, if they deserve it, they'll get in. With all these bids, if a group of five team is all that, they'll get in. No, you don't know that. If they deserve it, I believe they will. I'd rather have them be deserving rather than be automatic. You don't think deserving teams will get left out because they don't have the brand power. I think the brand power is wildly impactful at this level. It's such a new arena that I don't know. We're going into a whole new ball game, So nothing that happened yesterday matters to me because it's all brand new going forward. Yeah. Yeah, but I think some of these trends aren't going to change. The ones that have the rep, two leagues are going to have the rep. And everybody else, nah, look who you played. You're no good. I guess I have more faith in people who are doing that. I don't dismiss those people. I think that they are charged with trying to get the best teams in, whoever that who's on that committee. This is what they take it very seriously. And I don't just go, ah, to what their task is. You can, but I don't. I think they take it very seriously and the idea being, and plus it's better for the sport. The more discussion, the better it is for the sport. 
Yeah. There's going to be plenty of discussion with this format. I think the four tiers of three, who gets a bye is going to be a big deal. Who gets home right. games and is going so to be a gonna big deal. So you're going to give somebody from the Big 12 a bye? Right now, for two years, they're going to do it. I think when they get to the new playoff deal, it'll change. Okay, but, but for two years, they're going to do it. Yeah. All I know is what's a fact. Right now, I can't argue hypothesis. Right now, the top four conference champs, who we assume won't be the group of five, maybe one year it will be, but right now we assume SEC, Big Ten, ACC, and Big 12 champs right. get a bye. And they won't necessarily be the best four. No, they will that not necessarily be That makes no them. sense to me. They will not necessarily be the best four. That is so it's, stupid. I think you can do the math on that and assume they won't be the best four. So why in the world should they get a bye? That's a significant advantage. That's ridiculous. Earn it. On paper, it's a significant advantage. If they blow it and lose, it'll be all the easier to take it away from them in two years. But... Uh, and then in two years, well, I'll change my mind. But I'm not. I I don't know that I'll be alive Sunday. <laughs> and so I, now you're asking me what's going to happen on two two years from now. You should write Kyle Shanahan a check. You owe him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you owe him. <laughs> what a great line. <laughs> right. So you're may, maybe so. And in two years, we'll come back here and you'll be right. And I'll say, yeah, okay, you were right, and that's the way it should be. Yeah. Uh, and I can see where you're saying that, but. The, the, that's the thing that gets me the most. Other thing is that changes the four in, yeah. buys. Other thing that changes in two years. Right now, because they had the deal in, with the New Year Six, those uh, quarterfinal games when they're down to eight teams will be played in, in bowls. I bet they get moved on campus. That's more money for schools, and it's going to be more money for power schools. So, the whole idea of playing the quarterfinals in bowl sites. Well, it just depends on what TV wants. It's not what the schools want. It's what TV wants. TV calls the shots. They write the checks and call the shots. And they'll want to just just look at our show for all these years. You were in TV. I wasn't. You called the shots. (laughs) It's the same thing. Same principle. I had to go along with it. Liar. Right? (laughs) Liar. I had to scratch and claw to get a little bit of a TV thing. And now finally I got some power. Same same thing, man. TV, TV people call the shots. In this case, what the power schools and what TV want, they'll be in the same boat. That's the reason I'm so confident it'll happen. And if in two years I'm wrong, call me on it. But well, I really think that'll okay, happen. Okay, so maybe it's down the line. If it's not two years, it's somewhere down the line. No, the TV deal's up in two years. I understand be a new contract. That, but I, but yeah. I don't know how long the TV second contract is going to be. That's what I'm saying. If it goes for five years, then maybe in six years. Alabama and Ohio State are going to get buys or Georgia or whoever, and they're going to want home games. And, and, they're gonna, and the TV execs are going to say, hey, that's going to look great. Yeah, let's do it. Everybody's going to be on board within two years. They just got to wait it out. You could have a four-loss team get a bye. That seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. I don't think it'll happen, but it it could. I do think you'll see two lost teams getting a bye for sure, and you might see three. Four seems like a stretch. And I, I just, We're going to redo it, but let's redo it to get the best of the best. And the fact is... Those teams and those conferences, they are the best. Georgia's not going to get a bye and they lose one game. Doesn't make any well, sense. If they're that good, they'll go on the road to the uh, that's, that's to, not the point. To Florida State or Utah. They're and they'll always win. that good. And they'll win in advance. But anyway. what about your two time zone travel spiel? It's not earned. That's the point. I'm tired of anointing things and giving things to people in this sport that they haven't earned. And this seems like another situation of potential travesty because it wasn't earned. Well, I don't think a committee deciding that the fourth best team in some league 
deserves something is earned either. It's judged. It's, okay, it's I not do. earned. I think we'll know. I think we, we, the NFL draft proves it when you got one guy drafted over here and seven guys drafted over there. I mean, the numbers, they're astounding. Now you own Gordon. They do. <laughs> you got to write checks to all these people. Those numbers are astounding. You're using all, everybody else's, uh, what do they call that? The uh, intellectual property. Using everybody else's intellectual I property. I have no intellectual property. That's why you're ripping other people off. I get I, it. I speak what's ever in my heart. <laughs> there you go. 15 minutes later. Almost 16. You know where I stand. There you go. Our thoughts on the playoff. Coming up next, Jazz get creamed. Stay with us. We'll get to that on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Good morning. Welcome on in. The Jazz with a pathetic effort in Atlanta. They just get slaughtered. Lose wire to wire. The Hawks without Trey Young. No problem. The Jazz just roll over and play dead. Man, they looked awful. There's nothing else I can say. Here's Jake Scott with a recap and get your comments in the locker room. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. The Jazz fall to the Hawks last night, 124 to 97 uh, in Atlanta. The Jazz did not shoot the ball well. Uh, only 37% from the field. They were led by Colin Sexton, who had 22 points. Uh, Keontae George added 14. Walker Kessler had 14 and 12 coming in off the bench. Let's get to the postgame sound and start things off with Jazz head coach Will Hardy. A very tough game. But we have to do a much better job, everybody in the locker room, of our approach coming into these games. Like, the game is not going to just reveal itself to us it's not going to just happen and I think um, I don't think this has been something that our team has done a lot but I felt tonight that we just sort of drifted into the game and the turnovers at a certain point we've got to take some individual accountability to just being really sloppy with the ball Um, it's not always about decision making it's not always about spacing it's not always about kind of the tactical parts there's just some times where like you've just gotta appreciate the ball and lately I feel like more of our turnovers than not we've just been really careless with the ball you can dribble off your foot that can happen in the game Um, a ball can slip out of your hands you can have a really good intent and throw a pass to a teammate that was maybe thrown a little bit too hard and went through his hands. And then you can also have turnovers where it's like, I don't understand where we're going. We're driving into two and three people. We're throwing passes that have no chance of getting there. Um, and it's just, it's, it's deflating to the group. Um, tonight it was the starters. You know, our starters turned in 12 turnovers just those five people and um it made it really hard for that group to score um and when you compound that with a night where you don't shoot the ball well and you can't seem to get one to go in it the game feels ugly but um I think defensively you know we had some some pretty good moments actually um you know they made a a good amount of mid-range jump shots tonight which um can happen 
I think our activity has improved over the last couple of games defensively overall. Um, but playing the game down 20 for a while is really hard to do. So, um, you know, tomorrow we've got to really refocus and get ready for Orlando. Um, and my only concern, the only thing that I care about with our team is that we we come with the appropriate, you know, approach to the game. And at tip-off, you are shot out of a cannon. You've talked about how some of the turnovers are guys kind of having the best of intentions and trying to do the right thing, and, and but are maybe not thinking from a team kind of construct. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's what's happening tonight, or what do um, yeah, I mean, I think that could be not every turnover is the same. Um, I think for sure there are some times where guys are doing too much individually. Um, I also think that we just have moments where, you know, we're we're not just sloppy with the ball, but we're sloppy with our execution and it it leads to turnover you know we had a couple early in the game I mean I think the ball hit Colin's foot like twice in the first three minutes coming from one of our players like a handoff that we get the ball batted out of our hands and goes off his foot like we're just being we're sloppy with our execution which leads to us being sloppy with the ball bless you fire away yeah, I mean, I think Taylor's number one thing has to be focus on his defensive assignment. Um, I recognize that he's getting put on a variety of players. You know, the last three games, it's been Brandon Miller, Wembanyama, and now Bogdanovich. Um, I recognize that those three people are very different, but to be the type of defensive player that we want Taylor to be, he's going to have to be able to take on a variety of matchups. And so his first focus is that. His second focus is being somebody that is um, unbearable for the other team to play against from an energy standpoint. I thought tonight he didn't do as good of a job crashing the offensive glass as he had done in the previous two games. I think the Charlotte game in particular, that's kind of how he got himself going was a couple of those tip-ins in the second half. Um, and so those two things are what I'm looking for first and foremost from Taylor. I think he's actually done a pretty good job adjusting to his role offensively. I think he's been relatively disciplined with his spacing. Um, and I think the shots that he's taken offensively have made sense. Um, makes and misses are not really my concern today. It's about taking the right shots, and I think he's done that. But defensive assignment and his energy are going to be, you know, my biggest focuses for him as we close the year. Collins was emotional pregame, um, hugging his former teammates and some other um, staffers. Um, I'm sure this has been a game he's been thinking about for a while. Was it just tough for him to, to get past those emotions, do you think, to get yeah. the game? Um, I'm not trying to duck your question, but I, I mean, I would defer to John on that one, how he's feeling. I, um, you know, I didn't play, but I've, I've been a part of, you know, I was in San Antonio for 11 years. I know the first time I went back there, it's a weird feeling. You're seeing a lot of people that have been a big part of your journey. 
Um, there's a lot of relationships behind the scenes that people don't see. I think the obvious ones are your teammates and the coaches, but I think when you talk about support staff, people that work in the arena, um, medical team, the people that maybe the fans don't see a lot of, like I'm sure that every person John passed today walking in this building was somebody that he had a relationship with, and that's, um, I would imagine that's pretty heavy. Um, but I'm, I'm going to defer to him in terms of like how the emotions impacted his play. John's energy and competitiveness have been something we've relied on all year. I think, I think John played hard tonight. I think early in the game, obviously, you know, had some sloppy turnovers, which put him behind the curve a little bit. But, um, you know, his approach and effort every night is something that we've really leaned on. There's Jazz head coach Will Hardy. Let's now move on to the players. Here is Colin Sexton. I feel like tonight they got away from us early on, and it wasn't anything we can do about it. Atlanta had 25 points off of 16 tor- turnovers. How do you clean that up? Uh, just taking care of the ball, making a simple play, and just doing it over and over. Uh, it's contagious that if we share the ball, we score. So I feel like we got to get more shot attempts as far as making sure that we don't just turn it over. I know it's hard to look at positives, but you had six steals tonight. What were you seeing defensively? Uh, I would say just playing in the gaps, um, playing in the gaps and just making sure that I'm in the right right situations. And I feel like I've been watching a lot of film on where I can be a little bit more aggressive on the defensive end. And um, I'm, they, I'm taking the challenge. They told me I need to up the defense just a little bit, and I feel like that's what I've been doing. And then how can you guys flush this out as you go and face Orlando on Wednesday, Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. We're going to watch the film and um, just continue to learn from it and move on. I feel like at the end of the day, we got to move on from it. we got to wash it out of our system and shake it off and pretty much just know that this is only one game. This one game isn't going to determine the whole season. Perfect. Thank you. That was Colin Sexton, 22 points, three assists for Colin last night in the loss. He did have six steals. You heard him talk about that there. Let's now move on to Keontae George. Tonight. Well, I just got to get back in transition, um, you know, as a team. Um, collectively, um, got to gain rebound, got to communicate better on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, when the ball is going to the hoop, you got to figure out ways for to help the team find energy, help the ball find energy. Um, but if you got to go back to the drawing board, you know, got to get back in transition. That's the main thing, though. Atlanta had 25 points off 16 turnover, turnovers. How do you clean that up? Simple answer is take care of the basketball, but, um, you know, being strong with the basketball. Um, um, I mean, making the right reads, um, being aggressive. Um, you know, I feel like all of us, you know, look to score because, um, you know, um, when, when guys look to score, everything kind of opens up. Um, so I think, you know, ball security and, you know, really, um, you know, cherishing, you know, possessions and really locked in on executing and, you know, finishing plays. How do, can you guys get off to a better start than you did tonight? Uh, I think we just got to, I mean, it's, it's easy answer. We got to start fast. We got to um, have intention. Um, we got to, you know, think about the game before we get to the arena. We got to be locked in the whole day. I think it, I think that's where it starts. I think it starts in shoot around. Um, we have a good shoot around. Things, good things will carry over. So I think um, we just got to continue to, you know, buy into what we want to do offensively and defensively, um, you know, because I think what we're doing is, is, is great. So um, we just got to continue to figure it out. And, you know, when we when we see good things happen, we got to make sure they carry over to the next game. I know that prior to this year, you hadn't had a lot of experience playing like full-time point guard. What is your comfort level on the ball right now after a few months? Uh, I would say, 
Um, there's always room for improvement, but I think as far as you know how I feel, I feel very comfortable. I think I got to get out of my comfort zone when it comes to using my voice. Um, got to continue to use my voice. Um, I feel like I took it a big step um, in that direction, but it's still, you know, um, very uncomfortable at times. You know, I think, you know, we talked before about talking to older guys. I mean, it's just naturally, you know, you kind of want to not step on anybody's toes, you know, even outside of basketball. So I think um, that area and, you know, the constant communication with Will back and forth, you know, looking at him, seeing what he wants. Um, you know, and also he's asking me, you know, what I see and what I think will work. So I think just the constant communication between me and him. Um, and I think my communication level got to be at an all-time high. Um, you know, in you know games like this, we start off 9-0. Um, I think we talked about it. we got to somebody in here has to you know be the one to you know calm us down, bring us back. And you know, I think with me, that's the next part of my development is taking on that role, and you know, even coming back in the halftime, um, being the one to you know stand up and. You know, see, you know, say what I see, and also, um, you know, motivate and you know get guys back on track. Is part of that not just like, you know, using your voice with older guys, but is it because you know playing off ball most of your life, you haven't had to use your voice that much? Is that part of it? Uh, I mean, definitely, I've had to lead in a way, but I think just I've played with great point guards coming through high school, so uh, I think uh, being the score for the team and also being the one to take over the game is more so understood that you're going to be the one to, you know, take the shots. And um, but, you know, now um, it's, it's, that's not my role no more. It's we got guys like Lowry, JC, John. Uh, I got to get touches, got to find a rhythm. So it's a whole nother responsibility now than just me scoring. So um, coming into the year was a big jump, but I think um, my, my will to learn and my me, you know, constantly asking questions and, you know, also, you know, figuring out, you know, the personalities of our team and understanding, you know, I can talk to, you know, this guy one way, but, you know, maybe you got to talk to somebody else another way. So it's just, you know, continuing to find that and everything will, you know, come together and click. And then once it does, I mean, I feel like it's going to be real special. When you see the emotion that John had for coming back and then the, the emotion that the crowd and everyone had for him coming back, what do you notice about that as a rookie? Like, what does that teach you about the league and, and kind of, yeah, just kind of a, in that situation? Uh, that relationships mean a lot. Uh, you know, John did a lot for this city, this team, this organization. Uh, and it just shows the, the gratitude that the fans have for him. I mean, it's, trades happen, people, you know, get waived, people get sent off somewhere where they don't want to be. Um, but when you come back and, you know, seeing John, you know, getting emotional uh, during the interview, I mean, it kind of shows the type of love that he has. Understand, he understands that it's a business, but, uh, you know, he also understands that the, the love and the and the, the connections that he built out here, um, you know, meant way more than just, you know, him putting the ball in the hoop. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That's Keontae George, 14 points, six assists for him in 34 minutes last night, five of 15 shooting, but the Jazz come up short against the Hawks, 124 to 97. Up next, the Jazz will be in Orlando tomorrow night to take on the Magic. Tip-off will be at 5 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 4. There you go. Jazz awful. Back at it tomorrow in Orlando. Joe Ingles' team. All right, coming up next, BYU with an incredible win. We will get to that. Stay with us, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
Good morning. How about college basketball in our community last night? The Aggies in overtime at Fresno and the BYU Cougars with a huge win, beating Kansas, making threes, doing what they needed to do. Here's the post game. We got Mark Pope and a couple players and then the Kansas guys. Team win, uh, gritty win. Uh, coming on the road, especially here. We know a lot of people don't beat them at home, so this is really special for us, and um, we know that we're not done, so we got a lot more to accomplish. Uh, this is only one step forward, so, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, like Jack said, big team win. Awesome atmosphere to play in. Um, one of the best, if not the best, I've played in outside of the Marriott Center. I got to ride with the Cougar Nation. But uh, they're a great team, well coached. They play hard. And they challenged us on every front, but I thought we responded well and executed our game plan. Take questions. We're open to questions now. Mark, what kind of statement does this win send within the Big 12, like what your program's about and what you guys can accomplish? Uh, I, I don't know. You know, that's a big question for me to answer. We're pretty simple. Um, we, we, you know, I think the guys agree. Um, you know, everybody that grows up knows what this place is. And then this was my first time walking into a game, and I've never seen an atmosphere quite like this. It's, it's actually really special, and uh, this is a great team. And so I think as far ahead as we're thinking is um, just that we're grateful that we got an opportunity to, to come compete here. And this, you know, it's one of the meccas and hallowed halls of basketball, and, and, um, and uh, we're really blessed that we, you know, really blessed and really fortunate to come away with a win. Mark, obviously, the environment was wild. You pick up the tech. I mean, were you just trying to combat that a little bit? Kind of what happened there in the time? Uh... Um, I, I, I was, I was. Uh, I guess I have to be careful with what I say. I was, I was, I was frustrated in the moment, um, and I just. Um, and so, you know, I wish that I was such a genius coach that, like, I'm going to get a T right now and rally the troops. Uh, that would be a little bit disingenuous. I was actually surprised that the tech was called with the conversation we're having, but it's the heat of the moment, and everyone's feeling the heat of the moment. And so, um, uh, you know, I, I, what, what I'm most proud of is, like, I have a special team and special leaders. It's, actually, it's interesting these two guys both roll, roll out of the game with 18, right? Um, because these guys like spend all time together. They're shooting partners. Uh, they're they're confidants with each other, and that's the long way for me to get around to the fact that like I was having a little conversation with the referees, and then we end up you know I end up giving up. Uh, I think it ended up being one point uh, to the other team, and my guys' composure stayed perfect. And in this environment, in this atmosphere, that's really hard to do. And it's a credit to these guys and how together they are and how much trust they have each other. So I think that was the best part of the tee for me was just coming back to the huddle and my guys being like, let's go, we're good. They weren't like on fire, froth in the mouth. They were just like, hey, we're fine, let's go. Let's keep working, and they did. Hey, Dalen, you uh, had some offensive struggles early and you had those four fouls for a while. I mean, what was your mindset and how did you just kind of click, especially being huge offensively down the stretch? Uh, I just tried to stay engaged. Um, I really trust this team, and that was one thing. Like when I sat down on the bench, I've, you know, we've had such great depth all year, and the next guy's ready to step up. So I trusted in our guys, um, and just stayed engaged because I knew, you know, there'd be a point where I had to step back in. And um, the guys, they really carried us. Jack stepped up huge, bunch of pieces really um, carried us through that foul trouble stretch. And then when it was my turn to step up, I tried my best to to fulfill that role for the team. For both players, what made you so confident down the stretch, you know, with your three-point shooting abilities? Was it something you noticed with them, uh, what they were doing defensively? How did you all really turn the game with the three ball? 
Uh, I think we work on it every day. Um, like Coach said, me and Dow and one of the last two guys in the gym every day. We're shooting partners. We see each other every day, watch film, stuff like that. Um, and Coach gives us the ultimate confidence, and us as teammates also have confidence in each other. Um, and whether the shot's dropping in the moment or not, it's just next play mentality. Um, and I think it really paid off tonight. Mark, where does this win rank in your tenure at BYU? Oh, man, you guys asked me two complicated questions. Uh, um, this is really special. I think it's special because we all have such deep respect for this program and this venue. Um, you know, I, I think all three of us are, are, are uh, lifelong college basketball fans, and this, um, this arena and this team and this coach uh, and these players, um, you know, it's just, it's just it's an all-time mecca. And so um, I think that's what makes it special. And then I think m really what makes it most special for me is, um, is, is you know, we're, we, we talk all the time about faith in our program. Um, it's certainly it's an uh, important part of our university. And um, watching our guys' faith in each other tonight and their faith kind of in the process. Um, you know, we didn't shoot the ball well in the first half and we didn't shoot the ball well start to start the second half, but their faith in, the, in, the, in their abilities and their work. And then um, I just thought it was really special to watch. So that's not a great answer for you. I, I don't know how it ranks, but it's really special. I would put it in the really, really, really special category. And then obviously your defense was not what you wanted the last few games, the road games. What was the difference tonight? And were you purposefully fouling uh, Dickinson? Or was that part of the strategy? <laughs> um, it was not. A, no, it's a good question because you would wonder. Um, that was not actually part of our strategy. Uh, um, I was really proud of the guys defensively. So. Um, you know, this team is hungry to grow. Like, we have really humble guys. Um, we walked into this league very humble, which you should, because this league is just a, is just so tough. And, and uh, we have very humble guys that want to learn. And we have, you know, we've had some ups and downs defensively the last few games. And our guys' willingness to really, it's a, and it's a very unique game plan for us uh, that Coach Fennell put together defensively and the, and the rest of the staff. And then our guys executed at a high level. And we had to make adjustments throughout the game. And the guys were really good at actually making those adjustments throughout the game. So very proud of our defensive effort. Three more questions. Dalen. Uh, when you made the free throws, less than five minutes to go in the game, gave the team its first lead. Coach just cited defense. But in your mind, what were the factors that allowed you to take the lead for the first time at that point? Uh, I thought we stayed true to who we are offensively. Um, and that's a team that gets out and runs in transition <clears throat> and is always on the attack. Um, you know, they're really great defensively, but we trust in our offensive system and what we do, and we knew we'd break through, and so we just kept trying to get out and run in transition, and I thought that really break, broke it open, and then we kept attacking them in ball screens. Two more questions. Dallin, uh, walk us through that moment where you hit that three over Dickinson. What was going through your mind on that shot? And just walk us through that. Yeah, um, obviously he's a really good defender, especially inside. So um, I saw he gave me a little bit of space and uh, everyone was really sticking close to the shooters. And so that's kind of a shot I practice a lot is off the bounce. Like Jax was saying, we practice a lot of things after, after practice. And so that's one of the moves I work on and uh, shoot it with confidence and live with the results. Amen. Last question. Urgency and faith. Last question. 
Jackson, back, back to the you know the tech that Coach picks up. How, how did you all name? You know, you kind of composed. So <laughs> no, no, no. The guys I'm, are going to crush me on the plane. You know that. No, 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 I, 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 trying to throw the game for no, us. I'm bringing it up because obviously that was sort of a, a moment where you all could have reacted to that, and then you go on to get the win. What was that like? Uh, I give credit to our bench. Um, all the guys on the bench, from the GAs, the coaches, to the players, um, they were all in the huddle with us, just telling us to stay calm, stay composed, um, and we all stayed together. And I think it really paid off. So, yeah. thanks guys. Thanks guys. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. Good job. For both players, you know how difficult is it in a, a game like that, so tight when you don't have a guy like Kevin out there to help? Yeah, it, it is definitely adds a level of difficulty because you know, as you guys know, he uh, he brings a lot to this team, just in offensively and defensively. So, yeah, we are missing him, but um, you know, we got to be able to perform without him as well. Nick went down in the first half that he wasn't able to that he wasn't going to be able to come back and I guess how happy were you to see him you know tough it out through the end yeah I was a, yeah we we're happy to see him get back up uh, he's a pretty tough guy so no, we weren't surprised it seemed like the ball was sticking for you guys on offense a little bit down the stretch there just what do you think contributed to some of the struggles you had to just make shots late uh um, I'm, I'm not sure um I think you know um, you know, I, that, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. Got mics on both sides. Any other questions? Any other questions? You know, the emotions probably weren't super high in the locker room after the game, but what did Coach say to you guys? Uh, well, pretty much that, you know, they did exactly what we thought uh, they were going to do. Um, so, yeah, that was... Uh, just uh, us being able to, you know, know the scouting report and being able to effectively, uh, yeah, knock it down. When the free throws aren't falling, does that start to creep into your mind at all? Uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd be lying if I if I said it didn't. Um, definitely affect me out there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I do think I got in my head. A little bit when um, I started to miss, and I think that kind of uh, snowballed, and you know, really kind of just uh, made it made it hard out there. Perimeter defense being really important. Where do you feel like you guys let that slip tonight? Um, yeah, just I think uh, switching up because we know they're kind of just their first option is going to shoot the three. So being able to switch up, and we are. Uh, we wanted to, um, you know, send them off the line and force them left. So I think we could have done a better job of that. Hunter, how difficult has it been with everyone kind of taking on new roles, you know, with Kevin being out and the possibility that he may not return? Um, I, you know, I, th I think the guys are pretty, uh, pretty used to the roles now at this point. Um, I think this is probably like our fourth or maybe fifth game without him, and so I think. I don't think it's new to us at this point. Um, I think we kind of just got to um, play in those roles now that they're that they've been established. Obviously, three-point shooting was an issue for you guys tonight. Was it something that BYU was doing that you guys can work on, or was it just an off night for you? Uh, yeah, I think we just weren't weren't hitting shots uh, that uh, cost us. Yeah. All right, fellas. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Work hard.
No, it's a crappy day when you get your drip your dilly bar on your shirt and get a chocolate stain on your shirt. You know how difficult are those moments in a close game like that when you don't have Kevin on the floor? And how are you preparing this team with the possibility he may not return? Well, this is the, you know we're just doing it. We're preparing like he won't. You know, uh, uh, but this is who this is who we are. When we're good, we're pretty good, and when we're not, we're not. And you know the thing about it, we like we played pitifully tonight but when I say we play pitifully that's also can give the appearance that I'm taking something away from BYU BYU was better than us tonight I mean the, the second half after we got up 12 the second half they controlled it and we hoped to score and they actually ran offense to score so so uh uh, you know, give them credit. They caused us to look bad, and and and, and they were successful. Uh, uh, but but you know, it'll help if if we had our, you know, had Kevin back. But Meyer, you know, we we've been dealing with this for for about nah, I'd say five weeks, where he hasn't been himself from a health standpoint. Even when he played, he wasn't himself. And so so uh, you know, we had, we we're, we're not counting on it. We hope it could happen, but we're certainly not banking on it. I'm just wondering, how frustrating is it preparing for a team like this, knowing exactly, I mean, you know what they're going to do. And What do you mean? I, I mean, like the, the three, you know, they're going to come in and Well, you three. know, there's there's actually a, a scheme behind shooting the three. They don't come in and just shoot three. So, so you know, they're, they're you know, their they're, they're, uh, uh, offense that they ran to do that and, and, and how they set up the ball screens and angles to force whatever you're going to do. There's a strategy behind it. So it, it's not like... Uh, 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 I, I would say when you look at most teams, when you scout them, you pretty much know by this time of the year what most teams are going to do. Uh, um, we knew that I, – I, I said they'd shoot 35 threes. They didn't. They only shot 34. Uh, I said if they made 12 or 13 – then it would be hard because we only average making five a game. So, so you know, we got to score 30 points from behind the arc. But they didn't shoot the ball particularly well. You know, they, they're, they're, they're capable of making 17 out of 34. And, and, but they did shoot it well late. And, and they had, a, 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 you know, some guys step up and make some shots. But our switches weren't good. Our, 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 our scouting report defense wasn't good. But even with that being said, we're going to screw up. You got to make your free throws. You got to be able to score in tight. You got to do some things when you don't shoot a lot of threes, and we didn't do that very well at all. To build off of that, what parts I think of the scouting report do you feel like you guys didn't execute to your potential? Well, if you if you switch and you're guarding a guard, and the ball goes inside, you can't help all the way down and go trap the post. You know it's going to throw it right out to your man for an uncontested look. So there were, you know, there were some things. The, the, the three that we gave up at the end of the first half stung. That, that, that one bothered me a lot because we just talked to said in the timeout, this is exactly what they're going to do, and we didn't do it. And, and then, uh, uh, you know, uh, we gave up. Uh, you know, Hunt's not used to guarding out there, but, you know, he went to trap the post twice when we're not doing that. And, and uh, they threw it right back to his man off switches and made a couple. But yeah, there, there was more than that. You know, the right-hand drivers getting to the right hand. There's a lot of things that we could have done better. There you go. That's a wrap, man. What a game for the Cougars. We'll hit it all, get you caught up with what's trending. Coming up next right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.